In light of the recent announcement that Ontario has decided to increase the agri-stability compensation rate from 70 to 80 percent, the Canadian Federation of Agriculture is urging other provinces to follow suit. Here's CFA Vice President Keith Curry. Well, a couple or three weeks ago, Ontario came out, the province of Ontario, the Minister of Agriculture at the time, came out and said that uh, Ontario was going to bump up the coverage to 80 percent from their end. And they were calling on the federal government to to match, you know, their 60 percent of of uh, coverage as well. And we're we're happy to see that Ontario did that. Uh, Quebec and BC had, had done it earlier. And so, you know, really, we're, we we would be, it would be nice if all the provinces came on board. But we're asking the federal government to honor uh, their share of the 60 percent of those that have have declared that they will bump up the coverage to 80 percent. Um, we don't want uh, those farmers helped by a few other provinces that may not wish to participate in, in the full coverage uh, up to 80%. Uh, so, you know, we're challenging the, the federal government to, to match those dollars uh, for, our, for our members. The other issue I wanted to chat a little bit about was uh, Bill C-208. Give us an update on that, your concerns there. Well, C-208 did, uh, did pass through the House, and then uh, after much debate in the Senate, did pass and received royal assent. Uh, but the uh, the government and the Ministry of Finance is looking at not implementing it right away, not enacting it right away, uh, because they have some changes that they are looking at making. They think that there may be some loopholes that may be taken advantage of, and I don't know that it's necessarily with respect to agricultural operations, but this bill does encompass all small businesses uh, with respect to the capital gains exemption. But... You know, we're saying uh, get this implemented right away because a lot of our businesses, I mean, if you look at look at your uh, your area where your listeners are, um, you know, there's big farms that a lot of them are incorporated now. And, you know, our, our farm community is looking aggressively at succession planning for their family. As you know, 90% of our farms are family-owned and operated. And, and uh, through a, a corporate structure now that's more, more common in farming, it makes it much more difficult under the old laws. Uh, in fact, it's easier to, to sell to an in, uh, uh, someone you don't know, a stranger, as opposed to selling to your family. So we'd like to see those changes implemented right away as soon as possible. And and really, you know, when you look at legislation uh, that, that's put in place today, there's not a lot of nuts and bolts in the legislation itself. Most of that comes under the regulation. So if, in fact, there is some uh, case where there's, you know, opportunities to maybe find loopholes that can be changed later through through changing the regulations. So, let's get this ongoing. Uh, both houses approved it. Let's get it enacted and, and let's move forward. That was Keith Curry, Vice President with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Disease is a key issue for farmers that can impact quality and yield potential in a crop. Researchers are continually working on developing new resistant varieties. Glendalee Allen Vossler recently talked with Dr. Sumia Barayas, a wheat pathologist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's Research and Development Centre at Swift Current. This week, they talk about rust disease in wheat and how resistance is being developed. When we talk about wheat diseases, rust is a, a common disease that producers have to deal with, and there really are a number of variants with this, right? Uh, yeah, actually, there is uh, there is three type uh, there is three type of rust. Like we call them the rust, and there is uh, uh, what we 
the, the, we call the leaf rust or the brown rust, like for, for farmers. Uh, there is the stripe rust uh, or yellow rust, and there is the stem rust or black uh, like black rust. So the, the leaf rust and the yellow rust, they both infect the leaves, and the uh, stem rust infects the stem. Uh, like in, in Canada and Western Canada and the growing area, like leaf rust and stem rust, uh, they are, um, uh, like we manage those ones uh, with the presence and uh, the use of uh, and the development of uh, resistant uh, cultivars. Uh, the threat and, and the use of fungicide, of course. And the, the, the threat is the uh, stripe rust. Uh, the stripe rust, like after like two decades ago, uh, stripe rust traditionally likes cool weather. And after like uh, year 2000, uh, they started seeing stripe rust that is adapting to uh, warmer conditions for spread and infection. So that's the threat. This is what happens. Like rust, uh, they say it like rust never sleeps. But what they do is they try to adapt to become more virulent. And then that's the, uh, the, the emergence of, of new races, like shift of, of virulence that, uh, makes, uh, makes, uh, looking for, uh, the rest, like something that we should keep an eye on. We don't, we don't forget about them. Like, uh, they are there. They circulate by air, like the spores. So we should always look and, and monitor our fields. And, and the rest actually, uh, they infect the leaves. So they will uh, take all that green area. So they will not like there will be loss of of yield, like of uh, in the world, like rust that cause major major loss of wheat production. Leaf rust and stem rust, all our varieties, uh, they carry resistance. So we develop very good varieties that carry resistance to uh, uh, to uh, to leaf rust and and stem rust. Uh, also, we are working on the stripe rust, but that's the thing uh, we don't know. Like when they shift the virulence. They might break down that resistance and 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 become more virulent. It's well managed, but we should keep an eye. Always keep an eye. Overall, final thoughts, key comments that you would like to leave with producers today. Here at Swift Current Research and Development Center, we are uh, uh, working like uh, to develop the best uh, cultivars. Like we're working to develop uh, superior cultivars that will. Uh, uh, will uh, increase the farmer's economic return. Uh, we we have uh, cultivars that uh, carry resistance, so it's it's good to use uh, uh, and uh, grow these these cultivars, and uh, that will uh, not only increase economic return for the farmer, but uh, uh, it will be like a, a nutritious wheat, uh, very good quality that uh, that will be very competitive uh, in the international uh, market. Talking about Durham and Fusarium, this year uh, our Durham wheat breeding program registered like the first uh, Durham line with an intermediate resistant level to FHB. Like this is the first uh, in Canada and in the world. So uh, hopefully we'll see this uh, this uh, variety uh, in the next few years and hopefully the germ uh, uh, growers will, uh, will, uh, will grow it and then uh, uh, that's how we uh, kind of defeat uh, uh, germ head blight. Once again, it shows the importance of our breeding programs. I've been talking with Dr. Samia Barayas. She is a wheat pathologist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada out of the Swift Current Research and Development Centre. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee.
That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.